This is Thor Ackerlin, and welcome to Video Game Bullshit. This is Jeffrey Wittenhagen. I'm an author of multiple gaming books, including collector's guides for both the Nintendo and Super Nintendo. I'm a huge fan of action RPGs like The Legend of Zelda and obscure systems like the Neo Geo and TurboGrafx-16. And we've got guys. Hey, hey. I'm big into uh, No Death Runs, High Score Runs, uh, collector of all things vintage and retro. Uh, pretty much anything video game related. I also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. Please call our number, leave a voicemail or a text message at 262-264-VGBS. We're the Cheeky Cheeky Boys. <laughs> cheeky Cheeky Boys. Welcome to Cheeky Cheeky Boys Collector Hobbycast. <laughs> <laughs> so let's look up what cheeky means cheeky cheeky because yeah this is also mega twins the mega twins cheeky cheeky bozo a misogynist pronoun for someone that is either physically or mentally attractive to the point that you want to fuck them <laughs> yes <laughs> i don't know if you noticed this while you were playing the game um and i'm not sure how far we played or if you beat it or how far you got in it because this is kind of like an off-the-cuff homework not a traditional homework um but there's a lot of parallels to dragon ball in this game like a ton like even on the cheeky cheeky boys cover they're both riding on clouds like goku um there's there's actually after you beat the cloud level which i think is level two um you kind of like float around but you don't have a cloud but at the end you jump on a cloud and you kind of go up a tower um, collecting coins. And when you get to the top, you fight these four little guys. And then you talk to a dude. But it's like exactly like the original Dragon Ball when he climbs a giant tower. And he has this Nimbus cloud that he gets from that guy. <laughs> like it's, it's like there's parallels to the original Dragon Ball. Not Dragon Ball Z, but the original Dragon Ball. Which is also a parallel of Journey to the West with the uh, Monkey Boy and all that. Like it's all parallels to a um is it i think it's chinese lore actually is it yeah because there was some weird shit going on the characters are all like whacked out little like lobsters and peanuts oh it's really really beautiful graphics like colorful the the irony is is that you know we say dragon ball and you're looking for the legendary stone known as the dragon blue eyes (laughs) like (laughs) like all parallels man like, it's so crazy. But, yeah, the graphics in the game, man, are awesome. Like, that was the oh, first sure. thing that drew me to it. So let's start with that. So as far as the wallpaper goes, so you played, you started with the Mega Twins arcade. So how does that whole thing begin? So, yeah, like, Mega Twins was on my Coin Ops 
Xbox Arcade. I had it highlighted as one of the saved games for a long time. I just looked at it and thought it looks cool. It's cooperative. Um, and basically, you know, it's a Capcom platformer. And it's an arcade-style game where you're going from left to right or up to down as you play. The game was released, let's see if we got a year, 1990. You know, like a Culture Chronicles book that might be out. Um, Mm. It it might be in there. Maybe. Maybe it is. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The the irony was I didn't even put the parallels together that this was Cheeky Cheeky Boys. And I even played this back when, like many moons ago. When I got Cheeky Cheeky Boys in Florida, when I got my copy, it was I didn't even put two and two together that, that Mega Twins was Cheeky Cheeky Boys because I didn't play it thoroughly back then. Yeah, because Cheeky Cheeky Boys was like um, one of the better Genesis titles, and if you saw it in the wild, you know you should probably pick it up. Uh, sure, one of those games that's like probably gonna only go up in value. Yeah, yeah, I found it on the Genesis as well. That was the first time I ever played it. I only sampled the game because mm-hmm. I probably got like 15 other Genesis games at the time and just made sure that it worked. So so the, the Genesis port was released two years later. Okay. Um, it was released in 92. It says and 93, which I assume is a European release. Um, the irony is, is the Genesis one doesn't have the two-player cooperative mode. Yes. That's which what we got to mention. really weird. So it should be called Cheeky, Cheeky Boy. Because there's no boys. But they're, they're both there. You just choose. It says like one player or two player. And you can choose them, but only as one player. Like you can choose player one or player two as a single player. There's not even two player mode. It's just you get to choose if you want to be Cheeky Boy 1 or Cheeky Boy 2. Like, that's it. Because the version that, that I played was the PC Engine Super CD-ROM 2 version. Yeah. And that's definitely two players. Oh, the, the PC Engine version? Yeah. Which was released two years even later, CD-ROM 2, which is interesting. Actually, it's um they, that game actually features enhanced versions of all the music from the arcade in a CD format, which, you know, the um some still did use the PC Engine sound chip. It does include the multiplayer, but it has, like, expanded sound, which I don't know, like, I didn't play that version, so I couldn't compare. It was pretty cool. The one thing I tried putting in the, the multi-tap deal in the PC Engine so I could get the two-player, because I just to see if they were the same. So Cheeky Boy 1 or <laughs> Cheeky Boy 2, one's blue and one's red, but they both do the same thing from what I could see. Yeah. So that makes the Genesis version completely redundant. So you're basically just choosing whether you want a red cheeky boy or a blue cheeky boy yeah and uh, like those, <laughs> the, the red the red has like a mask with like a little ninja star on it or something so yeah i don't know what's that's really bizarre they did that with genesis that's like goes with the stuff like bubble bobble 2 for nes and double dragon 1 yeah like games that sh- totally should have been two-player co-op i mean it is two-player co-op on pc engine and in the arcade it's great for it it's just i don't know why um, the the irony is is that like playing it on the Genesis, I almost think that the game plays a little better or more fun because there's no time limit. The arcades like constantly pushing you to eat your quarters, whereas the Genesis you can 
kind of sit back, attack guys, move slowly move along, and like rack up. Because if you slowly attack guys and they keep respawning, you you get coins. Yeah. So even if you die, if you have like over two thousand coins, you can buy continues at the end of the level. So like you can essentially beat the game just through grinding. It's like it's a very fun game to play on the Genesis, and I think that the Genesis music actually is better than the arcade music because you got the thumpy beats and everything. Like it's it's way better actually. I love the baselines, Genesis baselines. That's a that's a whole fucking river that we need to go down. I think. <laughs> yeah, Genesis just rules with the, the music. Fuck yeah. I'm actually starting to get more into the Genesis music. We were, we were going over the Shinobes and Chow Dancer music. and Yeah, so we'll see. I'm going to start throwing that in random places here and there. Yeah. Change it up a little bit. That's why I like how we're doing Mega Twins Cheeky Cheeky Boys, because it wasn't even on a Nintendo console. And it'll be perfect for our Season 3 Mastery as we continue along the, the River sticks. Yes. Now, my th- one problem with this game, uh, I wouldn't say a problem, but it's... I beat it, like, the first time I played it. Yeah, me too. Me too. So I was like, this is, like, fucking easy. It's Yeah, it's, it's definitely not difficult. Like, even the boss fights, um, I didn't even barely lose a life. No. It's really interesting. But, I mean, we both are seasoned gamers. Like, we're not newbies or anything when it comes to, especially, like, basically a platformer combined with a scrolling kind of a platformer. Because there are scrolling portions as well. A lot of the game has, like, a forced scroll, whether it be up, down, left, right, whatever. Yeah. The first part where it starts, you can choose between the first three levels. So you have, like, land, air, and water. You can choose, mm-hmm. actually, which order. Once you beat those three, then you go kind of into the the main, like, last levels of the game, which is, like, five more levels. They're, like, boss battle mode or... Almost like boss rushes. They're yeah. super short. I can't remember. They're, like, battle stage one, battle stage two, et cetera. I think, the, like, the, the coolest part that I like, though, is that, like, how it made it seem at the end is almost, like, Ghost and Goblins ish, where it's it says, "Oh, well, there's actually two dragon blue eyes, not just one," and like basically the end boss like knocks you away or something. Like you end up like going like I was like, "Oh shit, you're gonna have to play through the game a second whole time." And as it's going through the credits, he actually comes back out and you start a whole nother level, like into a, a final boss battle. It was like a second form of the boss, and that was super cool at the end of the arcade. The last guy that I fought, I think he was like some clown on a ball. Yeah. Then you get your you get your chick at the end too, the, the female at the end. Yeah, you get the chick at the end. And yeah, when you press select a PC engine, you do that like the bomb, which like is a super attack. Yeah. So I would save that for the bosses, and I mean a lot of the levels you can just run through like so fast. Oh, and the bosses die so quickly from the bombs. Yeah, and that was. The thing I was thinking, if two players did this, I mean, it's easy enough with one player. And mm-hmm. obviously, the the difficulty doesn't ramp with two players because that option is always accessible. Yeah. So the game doesn't know if it's like regardless. It, there's just that two player press start on the bottom right that like blinks. So yeah, I mean, like that would be so easy with two players, but. I don't know if there's a hard or it was all in Japanese, but 
whatever I played it on, it was not too tough, but... I don't know. It was fun. It's a fun little romp, you know. Very interesting, and like, I mean, it wasn't too hard for me. I was playing in the arcade mode. I didn't mess with the dip switches, because in coin ops, you can mess with the settings and everything. Yeah. I didn't really fuck with that, Um, but it wasn't too hard. I, ironically, there is a Commodore 64 port. Weird. That's got to be tripped out. It looks super archaic, like it could be on the NES. Yeah. But the characters don't even look big and spritey like it would on, like, Action Kung Fu. Like, it looks small. Very weird. You got an average 5 out of 5. <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it might still be solid. Apparently it was canceled or something. I don't know. It looks cool as shit, though. Like, that version looks really good. Yeah, there's something with the, the sword you can, like, charge. So when you're not attacking, you have, like, a charge meter. Yep. And then it'll fill up, and then when you attack... It'll do, like, a, a super attack, kind of. Just your sword's, like, little extra oomph to it. So that's a nice strategy, too. The jumps are, like, real floaty, so if you hold the jump button, you can, like, float around. And uh, there's parts where you, like, grab onto the wall, like, bonk, and you can, like... Or Ninja Gaiden. Yes. Or Batman. Or, and you just, or Batman. <laughs> you just kind of cling on the stuff. Shadow of the Ninja. Yeah. So the clinging was cool. Yeah, the game kind of, like, guides you through it. It's almost felt like um, one of those, like, log rides and like, uh, Splash Mountain or something, where it just kind of, like, guides you through to the next scene, and then you go to the next scene, and, you know? Yeah, was, what was the one, like, I think it was in World 2, where it's like, you fight a boss battle, and he's like, I was just testing you, and then you go to the real boss battle. And I couldn't even read it, because it was just all Japanese text. And then at the very end, the last screen, it's like... English, talking about the dragon eye or whatever the fuck. <laughs> so there's English at the very end. Yeah, and, that, and that's where I was showing Judy. I was like, now they make it English, and we were reading it. See, it's, it's like a half an hour. Like It's like a typical arcade game. It's like 20 to 30 minutes. <laughs> the, the irony is, is our podcast episode will be longer than the actual game took to beat. <laughs> like, that's the analysis, like the, the cheery music, the pretty graphics, like the cutesy graphics, like Everything about the game was top-notch. It's just yeah. a short arcade experience. I mean, perfect for our time that we can dedicate to a game nowadays. You have a huge life bar. Yeah. So um, when you die, it's almost like a continue in a way. So you basically have, I think it's five continues or five lives. Mm-hmm. And I, I had two left when I, when I actually beat the game. <laughs> you only lost three lives total. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely lost more than three, but I was putting in more quarters. Well, the arcade's probably harder, though, because... See, that's the thing. that I, I want to play the arcade. I checked my Xbox, and I don't have that one. Damn. But uh, there was a part where I died with the spikes, and then I, I didn't realize you could grab the wall. I had, like, fallen into this little spike pit, but you had to, like, grab the walls to get out of it, so I, I was like, fuck, so... Yeah, you can, like, just kind of touch the wall, and you stick to it. And then one of the bosses, I just, like, didn't have any patience and was just trying to, like, kill him real quick. Nice. So that's a, that was another death. The, the patterns were actually very straightforward on the bosses. Like, very. Like, too straightforward almost. I felt, too, like, I wonder if because we're so seasoned now. Oh, I mean, that definitely has something to do with it because there's probably some listeners that are like, I fucking can't do that. And, I mean, it's nothing against them. It's just we play a lot. 
<laughs> yeah, like well, basically, when I see a boss, I just get I get away from him and just watch, watch and dodge, and then you just adapt to whatever it is. That's it. I mean, that's the main like strategy. So if we do like strategy time for the homework, the main strategy with Mega Twins Cheeky Cheeky Boys is just take your fucking time. Especially in the Genesis version, there's no time limit, so you can just slowly go and learn every single movement of the enemies, and as you're doing that, you're collecting coins. The collecting coins, you can buy more bombs, you can buy more continues, and everything. And that's the whole key, is rack and stack all your power-ups, and then you can never die. Like, you can die, you could die more than three times, and you'll still be able to keep buying continues. And that's a weird thing. A PC Engine one, it, when you beat the level, it just racks up your points, and then it takes you to the next level. So there's no, like, shop in between. Genesis definitely has a shop. Either I didn't do it right because it's all in Japanese. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. I don't remember a store in the arcade. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And they might have dumbed it down for the Jenny version. Which, I mean, that might make it... It's not really the best port because of the freaking lack of cooperative, though. Yeah, I mean, Cheeky Cheeky Boy is like... That's like, come on. Cheeky Cheeky Boy. (laughs) 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 B-O-I. Come on, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The boy. (laughs) Boy. Were there ever any... uh, uh, Slinky. Slinkles? Slinky Slinky Boy? <laughs> Slinkles. Slinkle. Nice. Slinkle. What's the Slinkle? Let's, uh, let's see what Mr. Internet has to say about this. <laughs> <laughs> Comrade reporting. In fact, a lot of people compare Mega Twins to the Wonder Boy series. It does have a lot of similarities to, like, Wonder Boy 2 and Monster Land. The sword thing. Yeah. I was going to mention that, too, actually. And the colors. And- yeah, I mean, it, it really does. The first Wonder Boy adventure, you know, that went to the Adventure Island series. Not that one. That one's, yeah. that one's not the one we're talking about. That's right? the Adventure Island ripoff one. Or actually, Adventure Island Ripped off of that one, one. yeah. But Master Higgins is the master of all. So. Master of all Higgins is... <laughs> the master of the Hudson Beehive. Yeah, I I really think though that um, <laughs> there's nothing. Yeah, it they didn't do anything else. It was um, okay, basically like Wonder Boy and Monster World, Wonder Boy and Monster Land was essentially, you know, a similar style of game. But that's it. Like they there there was no sequel. There was no follow up. Pretty lame makes it truly underrated and unknown by a lot of people. Wonder Boy! Pissing Boy! (laughs) (laughs) Gizzard Lizard Boy!
Yeah, so, uh, it was funny, though. I kind of had a feeling I was going to beat the shit out of that one. As soon as yeah. I beat the first level, I was like, I don't know. It's just the way that the sprites react with each other. Well, I mean, the controls were amazing, though. Yeah, you can kind of just destroy everything. Yeah, it was. there was nothing bad about the game at all. Like, it was just a fun little play. I mean, there's definitely not a whole lot of replayability, though. I I wouldn't go through and no. rack up high scores and things like you could do that, absolutely. Um, if you're like a Twin Galaxies World Record setter type person, you could definitely no death run. Yeah, you could definitely go cool. through and no death this thing. Yeah, and I think it ends after the game, so it doesn't continuously go. So you there's a finite amount you could start point like shaving and things, and the arcade does continually move you. I Pretty sure there's a time limit in the arcade one. I, I could be wrong, but I, I don't see myself like wanting to play this again unless we both happen to just want to sing We Are the Cheeky Cheeky Boys. Like, if we're hanging out or something and it happens to go on on the arcade where we can play cooperatively, we might do it. The problem is the challenge isn't hard, so when, it, when it's too easy, it's like there's no reasons. And it's not like Double Dragon 2, we played it so much, it's fun and easy. It's more so just like pick it up your first time, like Monster in My Pocket on the NES and play it, beat it, and never want to play it again. Double Dragon 2 still has like points that are can, can be tough. Mm-hmm. Like little points where you can get fucking stuck. Wasted. The gears. A lot of the bad platforming in the game. <laughs> Yeah, so that it does give you that reward, like the the chin part at the end, that like chin gauntlet's brutal. Yeah, that's probably the only fighting hard part in that game. The key is you gotta like lead them to where they jumped up off the bottom into the spikes. Yeah, yeah, that's one way. When you guys were doing your uh, like low score run, like the lowest score wins, he's like he said he like let them down to the bottom, and they, like, did a backflip into the spikes. Yep, that's one so that way. That might be the key. If you're not trying to go for low score, all you gotta do is a, the hurricane kick, and the, when they run onto the screen the first time, and they run into you every time. Yeah, if you can do it. Yeah, it's, the key is consistency with that shit. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, and Cheeky's, like, really expensive on PC Engine, too. Oh, I bet it is, dude. PC Engine has exploded in price. Yeah, so let's see if it's worth the price. That's a good idea. Let's see. Let's see about, uh, you're going to look up the PC and I'll look up the Jenny. So $144, $125. No. So sealed 280 For this, for PC Engine? Yeah. It's a CD, not a Hue card, so you can just burn it from Emmy Paradise. Jesus. This is like all over the fucking place for the Genesis, but um, it's looking like complete probably around 50 bucks at the low side but and then there's some that are case only for eight though and then you can pick up the cart for 40 i mean so around 50 bucks to get it complete that's cool i have an additional cart too in japan it's over 70 oh for mega drive in japan it's more expensive yeah i see it right there yeah Weird. I got an additional cart at some point. I kept running across them like general chaos. I kept running across them. I mean, the other the other key is, is you see case only custom collector. You gotta watch this shit. Oh, it's that's a fucking rant and a half on this fucking custom bullshit that people are making. It's like I don't, I don't 
even want to go online to buy shit anymore. Because it, it's either that or someone's like unloading it for like a reason, like an unseen reason. When you get the item, you'll you'll yeah. see like oh, exactly. So um, Meg- so so if you want to play Mega Twins on the arcade, um, you can get the board. For eighty bucks, eighty dollars, I could buy that right now. It's a bootleg. It's working though, and it's JAMA, which means it works in my arcade. I could buy it. Um, the the one difference between the arcade I know in the Genesis is that the character sprites are gigantic in the arcade. Super cool. Yeah, I was playing on a thirty-two inch, and they were it was, they were big. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. But yeah, that's the the key is that you could get it for. 80 bucks. You can get it for the same price on the Genesis or PC Engine as you can on the arcade board original. Yeah, so PC Engine's worth the most. Yep. It's just console collectors. And it's the, the easiest one to pirate. Oh, that's that's the best part about the PC Engine. Burn a disc, man. Burn a disc. Emmy Paradise. Yeah. yeah, just go to a website. Just get the uh, ISO file and the Q file and you're good. Yep. Exactly. So, um, the hardware that Cheeky Cheeky Boys, the Mega Twins run on is the CPS hardware, the Capcom hardware. Looks like uh, there's only a few games that are CPS version. I guess the, because we can go really deep into it. The main CPU runs at 68,010 megahertz. Um, sound chip is 4 megahertz, a Z80. Some crazy little specs, man. Uh, resolution is 384 by 224. Pretty crazy. And then, then, I, then there's like a ton of games. There's some really good ones that I've been wanting. I mean, the classic UN Squadron. But there's some, some awesome games that were on CPS fucking hardware, man. Checking out the flyers and everything right now to see if there's anything that's super cool to see. Because basically, like, it got... A review in Mega Twins. Um, they got an 86 in one of the magazines, Computer and Video Games, in 1990. It got an 86%. It says Mega Twins certainly has nothing new to offer, but if you're after a bit of enjoyable gaming, try this out. That's exactly what we're saying. Yeah. And the funny thing was this first sentence. I thought that this looked a bit rubbish when I first saw it. But after playing it a couple of times, I grew to like it. <laughs> right? Like, I th- it looks great. It holds up well. Yeah, it's definitely a British one. Rubbish. Um, and yeah. It's rubbish. Oh, my lord. <laughs> uh, this is computer and video game. And this one, they gave it a 70. Good two-player cutesy platform games are few and far between on the specy. Maybe this could be better than the arcade. <laughs> <laughs> Like talking about Specky though, like why is this talking Spectrum? I guess it came out on the Spectrum too. Hmm. Interesting. It's called the, the the best part is is that it's also on there with Liquid Liquid Kids, which is another obscure Taito game. But um, the section is called Slots of Fun. Oh wow! <laughs> fun slots. Yeah, hot slots. <laughs> Have fun with her slot, boy. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Lots. What this really told me too is like how obscure PC Engine games can be, even when they're like some of the best games in the system. You know, so many games exist for the PC Engine. It's like holy shit. Yeah, I didn't know that there was a Omega Twins Cheeky Cheeky on the PC Engine. It's just like what else, you know? 
Mm-hmm. So much. And and that's exactly why we do this fucking homework, too, is because we're finding stuff and learning things about these games that we don't know. I mean, it's the same thing behind the book aspect. Like, all the research, like, you continually learn, and it's super fun to know more about the hobby. Yeah, we started talking about it because of the... Uh, Culture Chronicles. And it's like a one-player game for Genesis that's kind of, like, like, scandalous, you know? So it's like, holy shit, like... Are you serious? And then we were looking into what two-player versions existed, and then that's when I found the PC Engine. Yep. PC Engine's great. Oh, fuck, yeah. I don't know what other two-player ones exist besides the arcade, but... You mean on the, um, for the Cheeky Cheeky Boys? Yeah. Let us see. It was released in the arcade, Genesis, the Atari Amiga, and ST... Um, and never made it to the Commodore, even though there is a Commodore article on it. It was on release on the Commodore. So, I mean, that's it. Like, basically, Genesis, TurboGrafx CD, and the, um, arcade. And the, the Amiga, that's, yeah, I never really played the Amiga version. And the Atari ST, those are two different, like, basically computers. It says, U.S. Gold released ports of Mega Twins for the Atari ST and Commodore Mega in 1991. Commodore 64 ZX Specky and Armstrad were advertised but never published, though unfinished Spectrum and Amstrad versions were since surfaced on the internet. So the Specky version is out there. Specky. The game was also included in the Capcom Classics Collection remixed on the PlayStation Portable and on Capcom Classics Collection Volume 2 for the PlayStation 2 and Xbox. Which I have. Both released in 2006. Cool, so I have the actual version on the... You have the arcade? I didn't even know it. I didn't even know it. You're a poet and you didn't know it. <laughs> Try it! So there's nine levels total. Total. Yeah, at the end you gotta... It's like everything's burning and you gotta go back down. Yep. Pretty awesome, actually. Dissension. Thought of Metroid in that one. Soon we're going to look at uh, some Castlevania hacks and see which ones are better than others. There's a lot of them out there, so it'll take some time to fuck around with those. I'm going to have to like write down notes because like I've already started playing some and I already forgot which ones I played. There's so many, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I just happened to have a bunch on a on my EverDrive, and I was pop playing them and popping them, and I don't remember the difference now, because there was a couple that were good and a bunch of shitty ones. Yeah, there's the ones that are shitty for me most are the ones that either it looks like they didn't do anything to change the game. Yeah, they, like, changed, like, the whip color. Or <laughs> like, <laughs> god damn it. Or um, where the character, actually, the movement is different in some way. Um, there's one where he like slides in the ground that really pisses me off. And there's one where if you're too close when whipping, <laughs> you won't hit the item. That really pisses me off. <laughs> that, really, <laughs> that really pisses me off. <laughs> really pisses me off, Mean Gene. Really turns me on, Mean Gene. <laughs> and and I will have my um my Belmont Clan T-shirt by then that I got for ten dollars online. Free shipping. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I found a website. Like I I go to this. This one website, it's like pretty fucking cool. It's called dayoftheshirt.com. And you go there and there's like a million shirts on there. And they're like, they start at $6 
and they go up. So like right now there's a Vader Japanese one where it's like the Japanese flag, but it's the Death Star in red. Oh, that's awesome. The vampire killer one is the the um the vampire it says the Belmont clan vampire killers. That's the one I bought. That's amazing. Ten bucks free shipping. <laughs> yeah, you can't pass that up. And then if, as you go down, like there's a ton of shirts and they get more and more expensive. One's called I'm actually in my thirties and it's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I'm actually in my thirties. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they know us. <laughs> Little man children running around. Oh, yeah, it's fucking great. But yeah, man, so, so I'll have my Belmont plan ready for the uh, Castlevania hacks. Yes, and those are getting harder to find, actually, the cart ones. I would just go to uh, NES Dump, see if there's any on eBay and how many they're selling them for. Yeah, they're going, like, you can get them on NES Dump for, like, 25 or 30 bucks, but they're going online for, like, 35 to 40 to 45 there's only one that we recommend to the listeners that you buy if you buy a name's Baleful Sonata because it's not available as a ROM. Everything else, get the ROM, throw it on a flash cart, or play it in an emulator just to play along. But Baleful, you actually will have to buy from, um, I think it's from the NES dump. Yeah, it is. And that's the best one I've played so far. Yeah, it's Coin Heaven on Nintendo Age. He's the guy who sells those. And it's the most, like, balanced. And, and the irony is... Um, that guy who does that hack also is doing the most extensive hack in the world. It's called Pyron, and it's gonna—it's a whole new game at that point. He changed everything. And I don't know if it started as a Castlevania or as a Metroid, because he also does Metroid hacks. But basically, Pyron is a whole new game. They already did a um, a custom poster for the game, but the game isn't out yet. <laughs> he takes years on these these hacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he said three years to do Baleful. It was like an ironic little thing is, you know how I was obsessed with Super Mario 3 Mix for a while? Yeah, sure. I happened to run across the guy who made it last weekend at a convention. Right. And and I had a copy on my table selling it for a buddy because one of my buddies does a bunch of um, extensive reproductions where he makes manuals and stuff and boxes. And I had him sign it. <laughs> <laughs> so I had the creator sign his own game. Good call there. Yeah, I got a copy and I got a picture of him signing it. But um, but I asked him, so how did you do like add the changes, all those changes? He said he had to completely disassemble the entire code and rewrite the game to make three mix. So then you know what's my follow up question at the, after that? It's are you gonna make your own game? Like it's probably be easier to make your own game than to do something like that. He's like, I never thought about it. Yeah, maybe I will. <laughs> like yeah. that's how it went. So now. The guy who made Super Mario 3 Mix may be making his own game eventually, which is, that that would be fucking amazing. The guy's talented as shit. So yeah, now I got a, cop, a CIB copy of Super Mario 3 Mix that's signed by the creator. Perfect. Yeah, that's one, that's one of the best that I've ever played, hack-wise. Oh, it's like Mario Adventure before that was the best that I played, and Mario 3 Mix destroys it. it it's the true Mario Brothers 4. Well, it's the fact that you need to like complete everything, so you have to get all the coins. And... It's just extra replayability, and it does a save, so you can go back to any level you want to. And every world is a Mario game tribute, so even Mario Galaxy with the changes of the uh, gravity and Mario Sunshine and Mario Land—they all have their own, all have their own level, which is super cool. Mario Two one's trippy too. Because it's it like fucks with your head. Because Mario two, you know, you pick up stuff, but then in the other Mario, you stop stuff. So 
And you can pick up stuff in in, in 3 Max, yeah? Yeah, it, like, trips you out. And they put Yoshi in the game, which is great. Like, uh, I, I remember as a kid, I was always, oh, yeah, they can't do that, because they can only do that in the Super Nintendo. And no, no, you can fucking put Yoshi in it. He's in the game. Works just like Yoshi does. You can climb up the waterfalls. You can swim up the waterfalls, like, in Mario 3. Like, with how they had those pipes that would drain water, and you could, like, swim up them. So, like, in Mario 2, you couldn't do it, but Mario 3, you could. So, it's like, it takes all the games and combines them now, like, to the updated version. Oh, it's amazing. And the probably the coolest part is they, they give you the rabbit ears. From Land 2. Yeah, Mario Land 2. And, and I like the aspect that you mentioned before, too, is that in every level, there's three hidden coins. And then if you get every hidden coin in the entire game, it opens up a whole third world of ridiculously hard levels. And if you get all those coins, you unlock a final boss battle. It's like ultimate payoff, man. Yeah, and it reminds me of like Donkey Kong Country, except when you beat the level and you got all the uh, secret barrels, there would be an exclamation point after the level name. Yeah. And so that's how you knew you got all the secrets. But at the end of the game, they, they just put a star next to your percentage, and it was like 101. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you didn't get to like... They should have had, like an, like you are saying, like a super reward. Oh, they absolutely should have had a super reward. Like a world with a boss completely, like, new. Yeah, like, like there's no reason not to have that kind of shit in the game because it's like the extra levels were like little bonuses. Like they were just like amalgamations of all the previous worlds thrown into a master's level. That's what it is. It's the master levels. And that, that shit will get you really sharp. Mm-hmm. It was like the special zone in Mario World, the original Mario World. And in the newer games, new, uh, Super Mario 3D World, there's like a whole special area. Like, Nintendo's still doing that kind of shit. It's super cool. Like, it's just, they just show, they do so much right in a lot of these games. And that's, Mario 3 Mix is a perfect example of a good hack. So hopefully... With Castlevania, we find some that are of that caliber. I think maybe a Baleful Sonata might be the top tier, but I've never played it, and I don't have a copy. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, it's it's really good. Nice. So so I think we uh we can stop, drop, set them up, open up shop. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to VGBS. We appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast. We love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to correspond with us, you can email us at bgbspodcast at gmail.com. But we also have a phone number. It is 262264BGBS. You can leave us a voicemail, choose a text message. Um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also, comment on us. Shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right, see you later. Woo! Later!